Popcorn Heist is an interactive community of pop culture lovers that spans multiple mediums. We dive deep into TV shows and movies of the past, present, and future to bring you the hottest takes and the coldest truths. Do you have what it takes? Join the heist. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Popcorn Heist, the podcast. I'm Nick. I'm Jake. What? What? We're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. Let's do it. And obviously, that is the first song in the whole trilogy. Also, one of the last songs in the whole trilogy. Beautiful. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Back on the and Marvel game. and uh, I don't yeah. know what's with Jake and I. We've just been starting all of our last few podcasts with songs, breaking out into songs. I'm <laughs> sure many people's ears are bleeding, but we're still going to do it anyway. I kind of love it. Come on. We're artists. Artists. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, my God. We're so excited to talk about this one. Um, I feel like it's going to be a very interesting episode. I have a lot to talk about, uh, and I know Nick does as well. Uh, because we have conversed. Uh, normally, we we try not to do too much if we know we're going to review something, but this one was a, a special one. We'll get into it as we get through the episode. But if it's your first time joining, uh, Popcorn Heist is a brand that Nick and I created to share movie and TV content created by diehard fans. Popcorn Heist, the podcast, which you're listening to right now, is a show where we can nerd out about specific franchises we love the most, such as Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Avatar, The Last Airbender, in this case, Marvel. We release new episodes on Thursdays, and if you like an episode you listen to, we ask us we ask you to please give us a follow and a review on wherever you're listening, whatever platform. And we'd be remiss if we also didn't mention the other podcast on the Popcorn Heist Network called The Simps Guide to the MCU, where the relationships, romances, and bromances of the Marvel Cinematic Universe are discussed with Alyssa and Kelly. And if you want more pop culture content, such as blog posts, rankings, brackets, and Tuesday trivia, visit us online at popcornheist.com or follow us on social media at Popcorn Heist. Join I actually, I actually had the, the pleasure heist. of uh, seeing this movie with Alyssa and Kelly. Uh, oh, yeah, I missed it. I missed it. I know we missed you, brother. I know Jake and I no longer live in the same city, so we have been watching most of the Marvel movies for the first time together. We see every single one together. I know, I know, but that just R. means R. we'll <laughs> when it comes on Disney Plus, we'll have to do a little movie night. Yeah. Yep, that's true. Yeah, so we got a, a lot to binge now that we've missed. Yeah, did we? Or we didn't see Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania together, but no, I, I feel not. like I don't want to. I feel like I don't want to watch that one again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is one I would watch again. This one has rewatchability. I definitely want. I almost like bought tickets for tomorrow to go see it again because, yeah, I just want to see it. Um, I'm telling you, you got to get that AMC pass. Oh. AMC does not sponsor us. I just got an AMC pass recently. <laughs> That'd be <laughs> sick if AMC sponsored us. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. AMC, come sponsor us. Yeah, um, I'm close to an Alamo Draft House, which actually, uh, if you have one near you, you should try out. I know your name's your name, members, and that might be sacrilege, but I know. Uh, well, it's not sacrilege. I just if I get a free movie, and I live right by an AMC, like I should just go there. But I heard Alamo Draft House is great. We're now we're plugging movie theaters. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should get right to it. Yeah, let's do it. Those of you 
who have joined Popcorn Heist for many, many moons know that we start every episode with a quote. Jake and I were college roommates. We bonded over quotes. We pretty much quote everything. It's kind of become insane. Um, when Jake and I are together, no one else kind of understands what we're talking about because half of what we say is in quotes. Whether that be movie quotes, TV show quotes, quotes from songs, weird quotes that we heard on the street sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started, we decided to start every episode with a quote. Today's quote is from the source material. It's not always from the source material, but today it is from Guardians 3. And it's um, it's a rocket raccoon who feels like he's one, maybe the main character of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he says... Me and my friends are going to go flying together into the forever and beautiful sky. Such a nice quote, such an emotional scene. And yeah, I, I, you know, James Gunn actually said in an interview that he thinks he always thought of Rocket as like the main character of all the Guardians movies, which I don't know if I can totally see for volume two, but I feel like he's right up there with Peter Quill. And if anything, I would say he's definitely the heart of the team. Um, I think everything that you can boil the team down to, like ragtag, like outlaws who are kind of like insecure and hate themselves a little bit, I feel like he's like the epicenter of that. So I don't know about the main character, but, you know, James Gunn's the creator. So <laughs> you, uh, it was definitely the heart yeah. of this movie. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, Peter Quill's the main character. Let's get real. Um, but it is interesting how the end of the trilogy deals with his backstory where like the second installment dealt with Peter's backstory. I thought that was kind of interesting. You would think in, in a typical trilogy you would do like the side characters backstory villain in the second movie and the main characters like backstory arc in the last movie. But I like the way, I like the way they did this. Cause I think it made the most sense this way. Yeah. Well, I think we got like Peter's origin story, like all we needed from it, from volume one and volume two. And another way that James Gunn was was describing it in an interview recently is like he always thought of like the first movie is about the mother, the second movie is about the father, and the third movie is about the self. Like, fine after you finally reconciled with like your mother and father, you reconcile with Mm. your own being. And he felt that like Rocket again was like the epicenter of like the problems that all the team were experiencing in their own right. You know, Mm. I didn't know he said that. Yeah, I find that very interesting. That is interesting. But I also like that quote a lot for this episode because you, when they say it, you know, it's like, oh, they're not making it out of here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Rock is going to be the only one making it out of here. But it is true for all of them in different ways. The three other ones, spo- first of all, I was, I was spoilers, just <laughs> spoilers for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and all of the, really all of the MCU, but definitely all the all three of the Guardians movies because we sometimes forget to do spoiler warnings. We've been better about it recently. Spoilers. Um, we're going to spoil the whole thing for you. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, so when that, when Rocket says that quote, you're like, oof, those, those three are making them out of here. He has himself and three little animal friends who were clearly maimed, tortured, similar to Sid from Toy Story, like maiming and torturing his toys. It is very it Toy actually, Story-esque. Yeah. It was very difficult to watch at times. But um, when Rocket says that quote, it is true for each of the characters in that scene in a different way. The three other ones go flying off into the beautiful and forever sky in heaven that we get to see towards the end of the movie. Rocket gets to go flying into the forever and beautiful sky with the other guardians throughout his life. So it kind of works for both of them. He also goes and, well, I guess it's not with his friends, but he flies off into the sky to escape as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say that he does that throughout the guardians movie quite a few times. Um, So I like that quote. I think it's fitting. 
as you said before we started this episode, all they do is fly around together. All they, all the Guardians are doing is flying around together. So they literally just chilling on the ship and flying around. Yeah. Um, how did you feel like, I know going into this movie, we've talked about it before, you weren't like that excited for it. But like coming out of it, like how'd you feel in general? Yeah, so Guardians 1 is like my, my favorite, one of my favorite Marvel movies, probably top three. Um, and Guardians 2, I liked, but it, it's not like my favorite. It's like very mid-tier for me. Um, and I do feel like the Guardians, like after Guardians 1, I love the Guardians really like more than I love the Avengers at times. I thought they were, we, we actually had an episode about who's a better squad. Um, I think it was a podcast episode at least. Yeah. And we, mm-hmm. we chose the Guardians because the Avengers, are the, I always say that Avengers are the type of friends that's like, oh, we should still get together one day and then never get together. <laughs> they get together like once a year. The Guardians ride and die together. They're a real family. Yeah. Um, I, I love the Guardians after Guardians 1. And since then, I feel like they haven't really had their moments. I feel like they've all worn off me a little bit um, with a, a few exceptions. Nebula, obviously, she became a Guardian in Guardians 2. She gets a lot of development since then. Gamora is another one who I felt had a, a lot of development since Guardians 1. But really, other than that, Rocket was just kind of there throughout 2 in the Avengers movies. Groot, I like adult Groot. He was my favorite version. Baby Groot was cute, but kind of got old after a little bit. Hated Teenage Groot. Um, and Drax became dumber and dumber each time you saw him and really didn't do anything. So I, I, I went into this movie, not as invested into the guardians as I was when I, for example, went to see guardians too, because I was still like holding on to them and love with them. So right. Right. I wasn't as excited, um, as I was for other movies. Also, I, I think, um, Marvel has been a little bit more hit or miss recently. I don't necessarily agree that you know, Marvel's done, which a lot of people are saying right now. I definitely don't agree with that, but it really has been hit or miss. So I wasn't sure if this would be a hit or a miss where it used to be. You go in knowing it would be, there's a high quality, yeah. a high chance it would be a hit. So just all those reasons I wasn't as excited. And then coming out of it, I really liked it. I, I, I heard that it would be emotional. Um, I did think we were going to get like a death but I'm fine without it because I felt each character got its own ending. And like a death would be a little bit like, oh, we're throwing a death in there to make you cry. I felt like each character really had a good arc. Um, it was a good ending to that group. We'll see if it's actually an ending for some of the characters or just them as a group. I guess we'll see. Yeah. But it felt like the ending of a trilogy. Um, it was really emotional. I feel like each character um, with very few exceptions got a lot of great moments. There's a lot of characters who I felt I didn't really care about going into this movie that I ended up really caring about. Mantis is a good example. Yeah. And yeah. there's other characters who I really liked at first, wore off me, and now I really like them again in this movie. Drax being a good example. Um, and I, I just feel like it got handled well. I feel like it was a little overstuffed and some things got sidelined that a lot of people might be upset about, but I'm not like a huge comic book nerd. So I like Adam Warlock is really what I'm talking about here. Yeah, I know. Um, he yeah. definitely got sidelined, but I... Did, don't have much attachment to the guy anyway so it didn't matter to me but i could see why comic book fans might not like that so it was yeah. a little overstuffed it was long but i don't mind i don't mind a long movie that's two and a half hours isn't so bad right i mean you know how i feel about thor love and thunder being like an hour and a half like i'd much <laughs> rather a comic book movie be a little long than be <coughs> short and like just short changing things that need to be developed you know um, I, I guess quickly to talk on Adam Warlock, because I feel like we're, we'll talk about him for a little bit and then that's it uh, until we get to the post credit scene. Um, 
you know, I was like in the middle of the movie, I was kind of like, oh, they're really sidelining Adam Warlock. And yeah, I was really excited for him. He's a great character and cool character in the comics, but I would much rather like, I would much rather have the Guardians have more development than him. Like it, that was something that I was willing to let slide. Like, I don't think it's worth critiquing the movie over, you know? Right. I think I could see why comic book fans would be annoyed if you're a real Adam Warlock fan, but I, I completely agree. I think it's more important to focus on the Guardians. I think the villain was the right villain to focus on if you were going to focus on the Guardians and Rocket. Yeah. Um, I kind of like how they tied in the Sovereign. Uh, that, that's your racist name. The Sovereign. Right? The Sovereign. Yeah, I really like how they tied in the Sovereign because I knew they had to include the Sovereign with Adam Warlock. And I was like, this movie is going to be crazy stuffed, which it already was a little stuffed, um, which I think was one of the reasons like a, a lot of the – pretty much all the Marvel movies these days uh, after Endgame, I come out of the theater – not knowing how to interpret like if I liked or didn't like what I just saw just because I'm being hit with so much mm-hmm. and I'm like I have to let this sit for a little bit you know I generally like liked it but also was like conflicted on the stuff but the more I sat and reflected on it these past few days the more I was like I really want to go see that again like that was such a good ending to the trilogy and and I think it's also because like it's weird to me that a trilogy is ending in the middle of a saga that still has a lot more to go which is like it was conflicting in my own mind like oh like the guardians are done but they're also not done like some of them are obviously going to show up in secret wars or something like that you know so it it was it's my my inner monologue was a little like conflicted if that makes sense i like that how they're weaved in because avengers endgame is an avengers movie and it they had to be in it because thanos is so important to a few of the guardians but it shouldn't be their ending and they shouldn't have ended before. It should just be kind of a part of their larger story. So I was fine with it ending in the middle of a saga, like the Avengers movies being only a part of their story leading up to the end. I think they they will pop up in the future. I'd kind of rather them not, you know, I like an ending, a good ending. Yeah. Uh, so just having them show up would be a little bit meaningless. I, I think they kind of have to now because they're part of, you know, they're still like a guardians of the galaxy group going on from the post credit scene, which we'll get to, we know Star-Lord may return. Um, but I, I kind of feel like we got the ending that I wanted from this. So I don't really need or want it, but we'll see. I feel like they're, they're too important. You set up the thread line, right? That like Rocket and Nebula have communications with the Avengers on Earth and Captain Marvel. So like, it would make sense that if they needed more help, they would call them, you know? But I yeah. also feel like, like but you were no saying- event. Who's the Avengers even? Yeah, that's another whole other thing we can talk about. We're not going to talk about that right now. But yeah, I think it goes back to like what you were saying is like as they started to get weaved into the Avengers movies, like they kind of like you weren't as in love with them anymore. I think that's where the Guardians become um, – that's where they lose their like their pizzazz a little bit. Where When James Gunn is not like completely controlling them, mm-hmm. this – I'm going to talk about how much I love James Gunn like so much in this episode because mm-hmm. – He's, he's great. Um, when he doesn't have like full control and like they're kind of just sprinkled in piecemeal, I feel like they're still entertaining and great. Like I love them in the Avengers movies, but it doesn't hit the same way as like a solo Guardians movie does. I like agree with you. You know my thoughts on the first movie. It's like probably top one or two MCU movies. Volume two, I think is slept on, especially now contextualizing it in the, in the, in the holistically with the trilogy. Um, I really like the development of Peter's story, but think that, yeah, the others get a little shortchanged. Um, and this one was just, 
it was so good. I completely agree. I feel like every Guardians member got a shining moment, got like a really nice ending. Um, yeah, I, I came out of the movie like loving Mantis now. Like I love Mantis now. I always wondered how she would use her powers in a useful way. And I, I feel like this movie really answered that question. I really yeah. liked her in this movie. She was great. I thought she was... I don't want to say the heart because obviously Rocket was the heart, but I feel like she was like the glue that held the team together throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah. She was integral in a lot of it. You know, Nebula is important too, but she was alienating some of the members because she was so focused on the goal. Mantis was really the one who had the best relationship across the board. Her and Peter obviously have a super important relationship where they're brother and sister. Um which is from the Christmas special, which was interesting that they just kind of sprinkled that in there without any knowledge. I don't mind that though, because I watched the Christmas special. <laughs> um, but That's I always been like a fan was... theory for a while too. Like before the Christmas special, people were like, oh, are they kind of brother and sister? I never thought about it, but I, I like that plot point. Um, and yeah, I I think she was the glue. I really liked her. Um, and I and like it. We can go through each of the characters because I feel like they, they have each have yeah. like a Let's go down the line design. like each, each Guardians member. Um, yeah yeah mantis i love that they increased her her combat ability too because i feel like when she joined in volume two and you know she was kind of like the brunt of the joke like Jax would be like oh you're so weak and like you can't Mm -hmm. fight and but i was like i kind of want all the guardians like be able to hold their own in a certain respect Mm -hmm. and i feel like she totally did that in this movie um comedy wise and like actual fighting wise Mm -hmm. yeah yeah who's next let's go let's go drax okay uh, I I think they also fixed Drax to a certain respect. I don't know if he's completely the Drax that I fell in love with in Volume One. Um, I think that that Drax was like equally a powerhouse and super funny. And like you said, they made him like dumber and dumber each time he appeared. But I feel like the big detriment with Drax is he lost all of his strength. And that sounds like a really like comic book nerdy thing to do. Is like, oh, he should be more powerful, you know? But like. He really was like just nothing power wise in the Avengers movies where he's supposed to be like one of the strongest characters out there. And this movie, I feel like really like brought his power level up. He was still really funny. Um, And I like the way they I I, I thought he was going to die, but I really liked how they ended his story that it kind of brought it around his whole mission since the beginning of the trilogy is like everything he was motivated by was like the loss of his daughter and his and his uh wife so for him to like devote his life to taking care of little kids is kind of cute yeah i really liked his ending too um i i completely agree i think he was still really really funny but used well he actually had a bearing on the story not just with the kids he was actually visibly strong in certain scenes him knocking down the door when he was like running out of air i I, during that moment i was literally like i hope they don't play this moment for a joke because that's at times it gets very jarring when they play moments for jokes. And when he was about to go through the door, I thought he was going to like bounce off and like go flying or something like that. I was like, <laughs> please do not play this moment for a joke. Like give Drax this moment, please. That would have been, that would have been mad funny. <laughs> Still would have laughed. <laughs> I would have, I would have laughed, but it, I was thinking leading up to the moment. And I think they did that really well where, and, and this could be said across the whole movie where they didn't squander a, a darker, important moment for a quip. There was a lot of a lot of really funny moments. The comedy was still really, really good, but they didn't squander moments for jokes. And I think Drax is really the epitome of that. Um, 
Yeah, he he killed it. Um, I love just the funniest moment. The, probably the hardest I laughed all movie is when he's like talking to the kids and he's like, "I'm a monkey," and then starts dancing like a robot. Yeah. <laughs> I was dying. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought he was great. I loved his ending. I, I love Drax again. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely really liked him. Um, all right, let's do Nebula. Okay, Nebula. Okay, let's go for it. Um, again, I totally agree with you. Uh, she's one of my members, one of my favorite members going into this movie. I feel like she had most of her development. Like, I feel like James Gunn didn't have a, as much to do to correct or to further her in this movie as he did with other members. Like, I feel like she went through so much growth in the Avengers movies, um, and volume two, where at this point, really the only further growth she had to do was just like to stop, like projecting insecurities onto other people like Mm -hmm. she was like had gotten over the fact kind of with thanos and everything but like she turned that like energy into like being a leader which i really which was a shorter uh leap to jump than the other characters had to take so i think that i like the way her story ended and like again she was really cool she like holds her own on the team as well i love all the robotic stuff that she does yeah, I, I think her development in this movie wasn't the best of any character, but I liked her throughout the movie. I think it was kind of funny how in the beginning everyone was like looking to her as the leader. I was like, this is so interesting because she literally joined the team at the end of the last Guardians movie. Yeah. And she's, everyone's kind of looking to her at the beginning. Um, and like you said, she's, um, I feel like that's just a relatable kind of character where she's a leader and she wants to get the job done so badly that she ends up not being the leader that the other people on her team need because they're all obviously misfits and she's like grown up in this serious setting and and she just had to learn to be the leader not just a leader but a leader of this team this specific team with these people yeah Um, so it's a little bit of a relatable storyline um and yeah she she was great throughout the movie i love the robotic stuff i love when she was like breaking but then like putting herself back together um her reading rockets like medical history I think was cool too. I, I didn't know she could use her powers like that. Um, I thought her and Quill had a really good back and forth too. I was glad. I Part of me was thinking maybe they would go the love interest route for oh, them. And no. I was like, that yeah. would be terrible. Please don't do that. Um, I thought she was used really well. Yeah. I, I And I think she was a good balance for the rest of the comedy too. Where like right. she was, she was funny in a lot of places, but um I think she was like the good straight man for the group in this right. in this movie. Let's um, go Groot. Groot, okay. Um, I feel like they also fixed Groot again. Not it's kind of the same situation with Drax, where I don't think he's the same Groot that we fell in love with. He literally isn't. James Gunn has come out and said like he's not the same version of Groot. He's like the Spawn was like technically his son or something like hmm. something. I don't know exactly how he described it, but. Yeah, he's not the same Groot. I feel like I still like Guardians 1 Groot better because he was just like a little bit more like, oh, he's like the lovable idiot. Whereas this one, like he had a lot of really cool moments, but he wasn't like that all around um, folk. He he wasn't like that all around like funny and powerhouse like that he was in uh, the first movie, which I feel like you're juggling a lot of characters. Makes sense. Yeah. but I like this version of Groot. I think they like furthered his powers in a way that was really cool. My only thing was like, and I thought of you uh, in Love and Thunder when 
Thor shares his powers with all the kids and he was and you were like all right why didn't you do that in every literally every Avengers movie there's this one moment where Groot just like grows like insanely big and like into this huge monster and I'm thinking in my head I hear your voice like why didn't you do that in the last Avengers movie (laughs) you know I didn't even think of that um I I could see why because like he when you get that big you get slower and less like pointed I don't know I didn't think think of that at that moment that's a good point though um Groot is actually the character I feel like was sidelined the most. I guess it makes sense because what real development can you do, I guess? But yeah. I completely agree with you. Guardians 1 is my favorite Groot still to this day. He's the perfect balance. Like, I love the scene when he smashes everyone against the wall. Yeah. And he just like turns and smiles. Um, he's more of a powerhouse then than he was in this movie. It was cool when he had all him and Quill were back-to-back with all the guns. I was like, oh, this is really cool that yeah. you know they're so close now, too, that... It, it reminded me of Groot and Rocket. That was one thing that annoyed me a little bit, though. They didn't address Groot and Rocket's like connection. Me, it annoyed me too. Yeah, you would think Groot would almost be like the most upset. I, I get it's not the same Groot, but still, you would think Rocket was probably like the most father figure to baby Groot. Yeah, and for sure they didn't make him any. There was no moment between the two. I think I think that was a missed opportunity. I really thought that they were gonna in the Rocket like flashbacks when he flew off and escaped the high evolutionary, I really thought they were going to show him landing on a planet and meeting Groot. I kind of thought I I have thought that, but then I, then I realized I have thought that was going to happen earlier when they were doing earlier flashbacks. And then as I got further and further into them, I was like, this isn't really the moment to, to do a Groot rocket meetup. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, but, but I did, but I, I don't know. I, I don't like teenage Groot. Like I agree with you there, but I feel like I like every version of Groot otherwise though. And I feel like he, they're used appropriately in their movie. Like I think in the first movie it makes sense for him to be, have a little bit more of a presence. Baby Groot obviously is used for comedy, but he's like kind of a, a powerhouse yeah. in his own, in, in little, uh, in little scenes. And this one, like, yeah, like I didn't really need like so much development from Groot. I just wanted some cool scenes from him. I wish him and Rocket had had a moment where it showed he was like just as sad as everyone. I feel like Rocket had moments with other characters that weren't Groot, and Groot should have gotten one. Yeah, they should have gotten a moment. Um, but they are still together in at the end of the movie. You never know. Again, we never know what's going to happen. Yeah. No. Um. All right. Let's do Gamora. Let's do Gamora before we. I feel like Rocket and Quill are the two pa- big yeah. ones we got to do. Yeah. I'll Gamora was cool. Gamora. You, you yeah, go, you, you, go. Go, you go. All right, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I loved the way they used Gamora. I loved the way they used her. I feel like this was. Listen, Loki is my favorite Marvel show, but it's crazy how they like pluck him from a part in the timeline, and then his development, like within the first episode or two, bring him exactly back to the place that he was when he the initial version of him. Yeah. Spoiler alert for Endgame. Or spoiler alert for Infinity War dies. Um, Gamora, they did the perfect job of being like, we plucked her from a very specific point in the timeline. She's not getting the development into the Gamora that we know because it's a different version. I think it was perfect. Uh, I like that they did a will they, won't they? And this is maybe the fir- first time in a while, at least. They did a will they, won't they? And they didn't. Like, they didn't end up together. Yeah. Her and Quill. I think it made sense. You could tell that they still addressed it and they still, Gamora over time, like warmed up to him and clearly cared for him. And they had that moment where he was like laying on her. 
Mm. They, they address their connection and like their chemistry because he did have chemistry with Akamura when she was fucked from the timeline, but they didn't change her whole story to be with Quill. I think that was much needed development for both of their characters. I think so too. Um, I think it directly feeds into, I think putting them back together would have nixed out a lot of Quill's development. Yeah. Um, like his attachment and like fear of like abandonment. And he's, he's clearly, he's like got, gotten over that, that he was like, okay with it. Um, and I honestly, I liked seeing Gamora be like a bit of a dick too. I don't Me know too. if she was, I don't know if she was that much of a dick in that point of the timeline. Cause we see that in uh, guardians one, that's the timeline. That but she's lived with. years since then too. True. True. She's, she's become um, a ravager, you know, there. Were you weirded out by that? That like, they didn't really explain how like Stakar like kind of just like took her in and she's like now one of the leaders of the Ravagers all of a sudden. Yeah, they didn't explain it, but it's fine. She's obviously really powerful and I, and she is more like Yondu in this vert like than she was in Guardians One, where she clearly has a heart, but there's a, a tougher shell like around her, which I feel like is similar yeah. to Yondu because he was a Ravager. She probably got a little bit more hardened from the, the however many years with the Ravagers. It's a good point. I didn't really think of that comparison. Um, I also really I just like that comparison. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Look at you. I also really like uh, that they address that they don't know how she didn't get snapped or like still survived. I you like know? that too. That was oh, really the funny. scene in the elevator was amazing. I thought That's it was so, so funny. funny. <laughs> I, I thought that was one of the best moments of the movie where they have him recap everything that happened and Nebula's just like that's pretty much the gist yeah <laughs> and he it, the acting in that scene was really funny too it's really funny where Quill's just like yeah I had a little temper tantrum <laughs> <laughs> and I, I almost doomed the universe I like that they addressed that he's like was it the magic cliff I don't know I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah I but was she was a really, really funny scene she she was cool. Um, yeah, I think it was the perfect balance of like showing her hard side, but then like letting it, the soft side come out here and there. Um, okay, I have one random thing to say. Yeah. Um, so Tommy Fitz, who's one of our popcorn ice contributors, we were texting about the movie afterwards, and he he said um, we were talking about the music, and he said something about "Since You've Been Gone," which is a, a song that plays in the movie, not yeah. the Kelly Clarkson version. And for a second, I was like was the Kelly Clarkson version in the movie? And then I was like, no way. And I was like, wouldn't it have been sick though if they played that at some point when Gamora and Star-Lord were like fighting together? <laughs> that would have been so funny. Oh, it was so what, uh, in, the, in the end when, uh, like the ending scene when Rocket like takes the Zune and goes to the 2000s, mm-hmm. <laughs> me and, me and Pudi, uh, one, of our, one of me and Nick's friends, uh, he was like, Akon, Akon, Akon. <laughs> oh, he would. That's hilarious. So, like, even in my mind, I was like, what song are they going to play from the 2000s? That would have been hilarious if it was Kelly Clarkson. I I just like would have liked it between Star-Lord and uh, Gamora because, yeah. you know, since you've been gone, I can't breathe her the first time. She's been gone, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to the last scene and the music in that scene later, though. Right, I like right. that scene. Yeah, I love that scene, too. Um all right, so I feel like we got to do Rocket last. Let's do Quill. Yeah. Okay. Oh, do, should, do we talk about Cosmo and Craglin? I feel like they were pretty sidelined, which I was okay, very okay with. Let's talk about them quickly. Uh, both. They were cute. Yeah, they were cute. Cosmo is a, a fun little addition. Um, was in it perfect amount. I love the good dog, bad dog thing. 
um, in, in the beginning of the movie, I was kind of like, all right, where are they going? They keep repeating this, but then I loved how they, they closed it in the end. Um, and I love the Yondu cameo. Love that. It was like the perfect amount, like to mm-hmm. put him in. Um, yeah. So both cool additions and I was okay with them being a little sidelined. I was okay with them being guardians in training. I think that makes sense. You can't yeah. have, you can't have everyone become a guardian, you know? Um, yeah. we've had a lot of additions and stuff throughout and I feel like they chose the right ones to really add and chose the right ones to leave back. And, and yeah, I, I like the way he learned to use the arrow towards the end. I thought Cosmo was also really funny throughout. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Quill, your favorite character. <laughs> I don't hate Quill. <laughs> you hate, hate Quill. You despise him. <laughs> no, I don't hate Quill. I thought his comedy in Guardians 2 was weird. And then, you know, he almost doomed the whole universe. So, you, you know, he deserves a little flack for that, mm-hmm. I think. Because um, he couldn't hold his ish together for mere 30 seconds more. Less. Mere 10 seconds more. So, yeah, you he deserves f- a little flack. Um, I liked him in Guardians 1, though. I love him. Like, honestly, he's one of my favorite Marvel characters yeah, in you the MC. For Halloween one year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to be him again. I want to get those. Jo- oh, my God. They're matching suits. We love a matching fit. Come yeah, on. I do love a matching fit. So cool. They're a little ugly though. Oh, I love them. Oh, I They're like meant sick. to be garbage many though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was I gonna say? Oh, James. Another thing James Gunn came out recently and said. He said he didn't really like the decision that Star Lord would have uh, punched Thanos and had a temper tantrum. He said he didn't think that Quill would have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, in his mind, if he was writing. Star Lord, I believe he said my my version of Star Lord would have actually killed Gamora when Gamora asked him to kill her. What do you think wow. about that? Wow. Um I don't know. Well he did try to actually kill Gamora. But I think and it, he I, I think he was bubbles. like he would have he would have done it like straight away. And would not like hesitated. Mm. Which I don't know. I think he did the right thing. He did try to kill her, and he had bubbles. Do you think he would have had the temper tantrum? No. You, you, yeah. Did, I, <laughs> I, I believe it. I feel like he's still kind of like an eight-year-old kid when he left Earth at yeah. heart. Like, he never really matured. And, yeah. You know. I don't know, though. In Guardians 1, maybe not. In Guardians 2, he becomes a little more jokey. Yeah. True. Remember when he's, like, willing to leave his friends like to die in guardians 2 he's like okay and then he says something about giving the mom cancer and that's what snaps him out of it (laughs) right but you don't think ego's powers had like had a hold on him but why did the cancer thing make a difference because that's like the hit the heart of his trauma and his character so is his friends i feel like his your mom your mom is bigger than that (laughs) (laughs) your mom i guess so but you know what i mean he was gonna leave them to die anyway um yeah i mean i still think he was under ego's control but i i love i find like i'm a sucker for that kind of stuff like the whole thing with his mom and like the first movie and how he's like the whole gunslinger type i just think he's like his the way james gunn like made him for the mcu is like so cool um he's one of my favorite characters i and i really liked how they decided to end his story going back to his grandfather um was a little caught off guard by it i honestly was a little 
taken aback that they threw his death out there and then pulled it back from us. And um, made his face all wonky too. I know. I was like, oh, they didn't have to do him dirty like that. They He's been in space three times in each of the Guardians movies and he survives every time. But volume two, he has a space suit on. Well, volume, yeah. That, but he's still in the – you know how quickly you die in space? But he has like the protective suit on. But he two. doesn't have the protective suit on at first and then Yandu gives it to him. I right? think it's before they get to the atmosphere thing. Oh, I don't think so. I don't know. What, what about so. the other what, – what other time are you talking about? And when he says Gamora in the first one. Word. Word. That man is no stranger to the vacuum of space. <laughs> Survived it thrice. I actually didn't remember that scene. Wow. Okay. Um, um, and this time his face is all messed up. He should have had permanent damage. Yeah. Yeah. And he should just make him go looking again. He's a he's a celestial a little bit. He's half mm. celestial. Yeah. yeah. Not anymore though. The the power died with the planet. I he still got the gene. No, no but no, I don't no. think he's gonna. <laughs> he didn't have his mask the whole movie. What happened to his mask? I know that was weird. Yeah. Right. They should have had his mask. I like his mask. I think it's cool. Me too. He didn't have his rocket boots either. All his gadgets except for his guns. Yeah. Too much CGI. You know what I always say. <laughs> they don't like making people fly. He's not going <laughs> flying. It's to the forever now, beautiful sky. Really what I say all the time is not in the CGI budget. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this the CGI was pretty decent in this movie. It was. Yeah. But uh, back to Quill. Um, yeah, I'm a sucker for that kind of development and stuff. And I really like especially they did the whole volume two thing where him and rocket like literally hated each other and i i really like like how devoted he was to him in this movie um i overall just really felt like it's the perfect way to end their trilogy is like and solidify just how much of a squad they are right Mm -hmm. that like it's one of their own that they have to protect it's not like the universe ending even like the high evolutionary like didn't want to like destroy the universe it's just like they are threatening his friends. Like, absolutely not. Like, this is the most important thing right now. Um, it, it made me... I, I still love the character, but yeah, I agree. In, like, the Avengers movies, he wasn't, like, my favorite. But this made me love him again. Just seeing, like, how... How, like, suave he was with, like, Gamora and, like, in the factory thing when he was, like, trying to seduce the, the, the worker... Scene, yeah. Yeah, he was just, like, cool all around. Like, he knew what he was doing. He was, like, confident and everything. Um, I like to see a character that just, like, goes through growth to the point where, like, he's owning his shit. Like, he knows who he is, and he's killing it the whole movie. Yeah, I liked him. He was okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did like him in this movie. I feel like I liked his ending going back to his grandpa and him leaving the Guardians. I feel like that's a, that's a good ending to his story. Um, why the hell is he coming back? Don't ask me. I don't know. I don't want it. It's very weird. Um, but throughout the movie, he was good. Um, he was not like just played for a joke. He was actually useful and did stuff. I feel like in some of the Avengers moments, he was played for a joke and, you know, ruined the universe. Um, but yeah, I thought he was good. I, I think it was a smart move to not put him with Gamora in the end because that is important to his development. Um, and I, I liked him. He had good chemistry with everyone on the team. I agree. I like that he was like down for rocket he has that moment where he's like freaking out when he thinks rocket's dead great moment um giving a raccoon cgi big moves um yeah good kid yeah good kid good Good kid (laughs) gotta love him i mean we're 
so in the death scene, like, were you, how were you feeling in that moment? Were you, because I was kind of like, what's that? Which, which fake death scene? Rockets? <laughs> Where or? his face blows up. <laughs> oh, I thought so. But then once his face started blowing up, I was like, this is looking a little too weird to be a death scene. <laughs> You know? It was so weird to me. I was like, oh my God. They Once the face the t- started blowing up, I was like, this can't be his death scene. <laughs> Look how they massacred my boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they immediately bring him back. Yeah. I'm hot again. That they play for a joke. Yeah. Y'all. With that y'all. Adam and Eve scene. Y'all. Or the Adam, Adam and God scene, I guess. Wait, what do you mean? Like when Adam Warlock goes to touch, he's like in the pose of the painting, oh. like Adam touching god where they're reaching out uh, touching fing- fingies um, okay <laughs> all righty um shall we move to rocket or should we do high, high evolutionary uh, before we do rocket let's do high evolutionary it's important okay. yeah um do you think out of the trilogy he's the best guardians villain um, it's definitely not Ronan. Definitely the worst. It's tough between him and Ego. I, I feel like he's probably the best high evolutionary. Um, I like his backstory. I, I kind of liked in the earlier part of the movie when he was more calm, cool, and collected. And then in the end, he kind of started like yelling at everyone and freaking out. Yeah. And I kind of didn't like that as much. I kind of wish they kept him to be like the calm, cool, collected one. Like everyone can turn on him and he just like, he doesn't have to, no need for like the freak, the, the freak outs, the, the BFs, bitch fits. Um, yeah, but he was still I, really I, cool. I think it was cool how they weaved him in, um, made him just powerful enough. I feel like his powers, I wish they used more. I guess like it's just he has want powers, doesn't do all that much with them. Um, I think I his power like is not that much. He like subdued Adam Warlock for a bit. He like almost killed him. Mm. He doesn't really have a fight with any of the Guardians though, does he? He does. Oh my god! It was, it was my it was my favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> why, oh. why am I blanking? When Rocket uses his uh, when he he screams at him, he calls him eight nine P one three, and Rocket uses his gravity boots from the beginning of the movie, and he's like, "The name's Rocket Raccoon," and they all get a shot at him, like literally all oh, the audience yeah. into the room, and they all like. That's your favorite shot. action sequence. It not my favorite action yeah. sequence, but it was like my favorite like that sequence. moment coming. Well, obviously the hallway was better. Mm-hmm action sequence but that moment where he was just like the name is rocket raccoon and they all get a punch at him it was like yeah, awesome. oh you're right i forgot about that because he always like he's like i'm not a raccoon you know it yeah was like, i don't know I, he didn't really put up a fight against them though yeah i wish he was a little more powerful of a fighter i thought his flashback scenes were really good i like that he was like his face was was pulled off it gave me uh give me like a red skull vibes kind of um, yeah a little bit right it's also a reference uh Peter Quo kept calling the situation a face off and like face oh. off. Yeah. <laughs> cute. Very cute. <laughs> Not um, cute. He's he looks pretty ugly. <laughs> yeah. Um but I like him in Rocket's history. I think I think he was a good villain. I I think he's probably the best. It's close between him and Ego though. Yeah, I, I agree with all your points. Um the screaming thing, I guess like anybody with kind of a god complex would be like a little bit temper tantrum be. But yeah, I did like him better when he was like more calm and collected, and like it was he was he, he's a great actor. That mm-hmm. guy, um, I'm gonna butcher his name, uh, Chakudi Uji. I'm sorry if I butchered that, but um, there were like moments where like 
in the flashbacks, you know, when Rocket was little and he was like teaching him and stuff. And he would like grab Rocket's face and like to lecture him. And you like would couldn't tell if he was literally just gonna like snap his neck or like hug him. Yeah. Like it was it was freaky. Like he was really, really good. Um Yeah, I don't I I, I really, really liked him. And like you said, I liked his backstory. Um I like why he was obsessed with Rocket. I was like Sad. waiting for that moment and the way they revealed it was really cool. Love that they um said that he created the sovereign and i just loved his like he's an asshole in this movie like definitely the most sinister and like screwed up villain that we've yeah. seen in a while maybe like close to green goblin um where he was literally like oh i just created the sovereign just like for fun like also wait i want to talk about his creations i feel First like off, his... me when i play the sims <laughs> <Dad>. <laughs> I like delete the whole world eventually. <laughs> po- pocket God. No know, animal you're, 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 cruelty though. No animal cruelty. No, no, it's animal cruelty. No, no, no. no. That was really messed up. Uh, for he's trying to create the perfect being, right? Mm-hmm. Can we talk about these perfect experiments he's doing? Putting wheels on a walrus. Yeah. Putting bionic know. arms on an otter. You what are yeah. you a child? What's, yeah, going, what's going on? That right. and also you've literally created the. I know he wanted like a genius level being like Rocket was, but Adam Warlock is literally like a god and you created him, you know? He's like a dumbass though in this movie. I know, but you would think that he, you would think that he'd be a little bit more obsessed with like, all right, let me like put the smarts in Adam Warlock. Maybe that's what he was trying to do when he got Rocket. Um, yes. But his creation, like another big part of, him in this movie was just the disturbing element. I feel like when you mentioned it earlier, like some of it was hard to watch. Like when some of the animals like just like were like crackling and growing into yeah. humanoid things and uh, all his creations were a little scary. Yeah. And just like with the three in the cage. Oh. Yeah. Floor and was I, not, I also not like, good to I also like the theme that in trying to create the perfect world, he pretty much just like created like a world very similar to, to our own. Yeah, I did like that as well. Um, on Counter Earth. Counter Earth. Yeah. Joop joop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is it time to talk about Rocket? Before we talk about Rocket, I feel like we got to talk about the other animals too. Oh, f- Floor and Tiefs and Lila. <laughs> <laughs> they they had their little Harry Potter moment in the in heaven. That's yeah, I immediately thought of Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows. That's um, very true, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, there, some of their scenes were. It was uh, the the rabbit. Um, I guess floor floor was kind of like tough to scary tough to look at. Be like, yeah, I felt really bad for the the rabbit. Um, yeah, and their death scene was was sad too. Um, I feel like that's that was the moment that was the biggest tearjerker when they die. Um, yeah, that yeah, that was really. Tough. That and and when Rocket sees him in heaven too, I was almost like, yeah, I, I was gonna tell you that this is what uh, we were talking before the podcast. And I was like, no, I gotta save it for the podcast. Um, that was another moment where like I was like so ready to cry, and you know, the, like he's talking to Lila and he sees Teefs and Floor in the background, and Teefs is just <laughs> waving like this. I'm sitting next to Puneet, and Puneet's just dying laughing, and I'm like, Poon up, Puneet, I'm trying to cry here, and he's like. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not watching a video, the walrus is just like flapping his fin back and forth. 
Oh my god. <laughs> oh, he was so cute. Yeah, he was really cute. Apparently, they're all characters from the comics too. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call out James Gunn again. He's just like so good at turning like weird, weird characters into like something that makes you want to cry. Yeah, like within one movie, within a few flashbacks in the movie, we were so attached to the characters. Literally, yeah. Oh man, yeah, I, it was it was very hard to watch though, like the animal stuff, but. I think they they did well in the end. I like that Rocket saved all of them. He's like, no, we got to go back to get everyone. Yeah. Um, redeemed it for sure. Yeah. All right, now time Rocket. to talk about Rocket. <laughs> so I know I said Star Lord is one of my favorite characters, but after this movie, I feel like Rocket is like top five, if not top three characters for me. I love him so much. Yeah, he's great. I I can't believe they made a talking raccoon like one of the best characters in the MCU. Um, great backstory. Cute as hell. Um, some great moments. Like it's funny because he was not in a lot of the movie. He was literally passed out for most of the movie. Yeah. But the moments he's in there, like the flashbacks and the, the moments he's in towards the end, really bring his story full, full circle. He has the biggest presence in the movie, even though he's literally passed out for half of it. I don't know how he survived when him and Gamora were flipping all over the ship, though. Like oh. on Counter Earth, yeah. she was like holding him, and they were like flying all over the place. And he was like, "Oh, yeah, really? he was on the bed." And once he was out of the bed, I was like, "How is this guy surviving?" She dropped him a few times too. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like "Be careful!" With it. <laughs> this guy is screwed. <coughs> I wonder, like, I was trying to think about it. You know, why now? They did. I forget. Did they answer that in the movie? Like, why now? Did the High Evolutionary? Like send Adam to go. At, I guess he was waiting for Adam to come out of the cocoon. Like I guess so. you would think he's like aware of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I guess, but he might not have known like all the members and stuff. Um, I guess the High Evolutionary like had more information on it. Yeah, I guess so. I don't think they really answered it quite the right way though. Hmm. I don't know. Who cares though? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was rewatching um, Guardians One recently, and I realized that like they call him. 89P13, like a few times in the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, is it like in the prison stuff? Yeah, like when they're getting arrested and they like lift them up in the air, they're like, subject 89P13, drop your weapon. Like they never wow. call him Rocket. They don't call him Ro- Rocket. Wow. Yeah. Interesting, right? That's cool. Yeah. I, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. Like it, it was such, it's such an interesting choice to like end the trilogy picking rocket to like focus on but i I it just works so well i i can't even explain it like it just he he was you couldn't have done that with any other character in my opinion and it had like worked in that way yeah yeah and i think i think it really drove it home when nebula was like that this is worse than what thanos did to me Mm -hmm. i was like whoa this is messed up stuff (laughs) yeah Um, yeah for real yeah, and uh, yeah, I- I'm glad they went with Rocket being the last one, and it being about them as a family and them trying to save one of their own. It was, it was. I agree with you where it didn't have to be universe-ending stakes. I, I like that it was just the Guardians doing their thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and I guess if you're gonna have anyone 
like stay behind and lead the Guardians. It'd be him. It's him or Nebula. Well too. Yeah. For him. No, it make it makes sense for him. He's there too. from the beginning too. I think a uh, another thing which drives home the fact that he's like the epicenter of like the struggle of like suffering and and all like insecurity and stuff. Um, I keep talking about James Gunn interviews, but like the guy's a genius. Um, he was like when he first met with Marvel about directing guardians one, he left the meeting, like still not being too sure about it. He's like, Oh, like is like a talking raccoon just going to seem like silly or cartoonish. But on the way back, he like thought about it. He's like, well, like, how would that ever come to be if like a raccoon was just like around in space, like shooting guns and killing people. And he was like, when I really thought about it, it was like the saddest thing I ever like thought of. So I, he knew that that was the route he had to go with it. And apparently there's a poster going around for guardians three of like baby rocket writing formulas on a chalkboard. I don't know if Mm. you've seen it. Um, That was like one based on an original sketch that James Gunn sent Kevin Feige to show him like what he was thinking about for Rocket, and oh, wow. they turned it into like the poster for this. Yeah. Oh wow. So so now I like want to rewatch fully rewatch Guardians One and Guardians Two and like recontextualize like how he wrote Rocket. Yeah. And stuff. I think there's yeah. a scene in Guardians One when he's like about to shoot Drax for calling him a vermin. I was so yeah. excited the other day, and I was like, oh, this this is pretty cool. Yeah, definitely very cool. Um, how how he weaved in the story throughout the whole thing. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Who um, knew? Yeah, he was he was a good one. Rocket. Yeah, he A9 still is a good three, one. What <laughs> is it? A nine what? A nine P one three. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Before we get into the report card, do you want to talk about the post credit scenes? And I also want to talk about the soundtrack real quick. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's do it. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, first one. It was them fighting some random, on some random planet. Who was them? Mm-hmm. It was Rocket. Groot? Oh, yeah, Groot was, yeah, he was on Big Groot. I love, he's, that looks really cool. Yeah, yeah. that looks cool. Um, Drax, Kraglin. Not Drax. Drax. Where's Drax? He's, uh, he's taking care of the little babies, right? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Kraglin, the dog. Um, who else? Adam. Adam. And uh, one of the children who's actually uh, Phyla Vell. They never say her name in the movie, but her she's a comic book character uh, named Quasar. Um, has some connection to Captain Marvel. I don't think they're going to do that, but I think we're supposed to assume like how Adam is like the super powered version of the Sovereign. This girl is like the super powered version of like that kid's race that he had captive. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's pretty much like Guardians doing their thing, and they play Come and Get Your Love, which was awesome. Um, I loved that. Yeah. I loved that, yeah. I was like, eh, eh, what? Um, <laughs> That's comforting that, like, who knows if they're going to return, but you know if they do return that they're still going to have that element to them with the music and stuff, yeah. which I feel like is so integral to them. Yeah, and, and like, them talking about me. It's funny how Quill, like, put them all on. Yeah. It was very mm-hmm. funny. Oh, um, didn't you want to talk about the the song from the last scene? That yes, I was was gonna circle back to that, and then I was like, we're gonna talk about soundtrack anyway. Um, I thought that was a beautiful scene. The dog days were over, and they were like, dan- it was like very bittersweet. It was a perfect bittersweet song for that scene. They were dancing. They were showing where everyone ends up, who leaves. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's like kind of a callback too to the first one uh, with like dance off, dance yeah. off, bro. 
Yeah, I really like that. And like Quill's not even there and they're all dancing. Yeah. And the dog days are over. It's just like, oh, the dog days are over. I know. I, I've listened to that song so many times since I saw the movie. Yeah. Such a good song. All right. And then uh, second post credit scene is Peter Quill with his grandpa, his grandpappy, uh, talking about Kevin Bacon and how he's weird and like a regular person. And Oh, how his- do you know it was Kevin Bacon? I, I'm pretty sure, like, it's about Kevin Bacon. I thought they were talking about a neighbor. That's what I thought, but I've been watching a lot of, like, breakdowns, and they're like, oh, they're talking about Kevin Bacon. I know the newspaper says Kevin Bacon abducted by aliens. Oh. So I think that's why we're meant to, like, he's, like, his grandpa read the article, and then he, Quill is talking about how he met Kevin Bacon, and that oh. he's, like, weird. We were talking about mowing the neighbor's lawn, though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was just to tell us Star-Lord returned. Who cares? I feel like they had to do that because he's on Earth now. But so what, is he going to be an Avenger? I mean, he technically kind of is. <sighs> Let it out. But it's, but it's so ambiguous. Put me out of my misery. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. They are I, just don't, I don't get it. I thought that this was the ending. That's what I thought. And all you, you you watch interviews with all the actors and they're literally like, I'm not coming back unless like James Gunn comes back and James Gunn is running DC now. So, but. I don't want Star Wars to return. I wouldn't mind if he came back in Secret Wars or something, but I, there's already too many characters, Kang Dynasty, like. Yeah. He's living with his grandfather. It has to make sense, right? There has to be a reason for why they bring him in. There has to be a reason, um, which the reason could be, um, you know, they might be finding a replacement for Jonathan Majors as Kang. I've seen a lot of posts online saying, oh, they should take the guy who played High Evolutionary, say High Evolutionary was a variant of Kang, and just make him Kang. That'd be dumb. Just you think that'd be dumb? I, if they had to replace him with anybody, I think feel like that'd be sick. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> You're not impressed. I saw tons of that on Twitter, and I was like... No, the high evolutionary could just be the high evolutionary. He also wasn't like that powerful. The Guardians beat him. I feel like he was pretty powerful. Not really. I guess he did have similar powers to Kang, though. Had to wrap things up. You know, Kang was beaten by aunts. They also have... Yeah, he was beaten by aunts. They also, I feel like, have very different motivations. Yeah. They definitely do. But I don't know. I wouldn't like that. Just, like, recast Kang, I feel. Yeah. That's a different conversation. <laughs> but you don't want Star Lord to return because uh, you literally erm hate him. I don't him. <laughs> I think he's erm okay. <laughs> no, I like. I, I I kind of just left that post credit scene being like, okay, I don't know how that's gonna work out, but we'll see. Um, yeah. Um, and soundtrack, not as I good as the first two. I'm just, you literally answered the question before I could even ask it. Uh, <laughs> I, there are a lot of songs I love in this soundtrack, but yeah, first two are better. It's um, really good. Yeah. But the really, first two really are definitely good. both better. I think mm, one might be my favorite. I think one is just iconic, but Brandy is like so good in the yeah. chain. And the, the way one. they circle it into the movie. like Yeah. Brandy. There were some really good scenes when they're in the colorful space suits and they're playing in the meantime and they're like floating yeah. through. I feel like that was a good scene. Um, there's um the dog days are over the dog days are over yeah when adam Warlock first comes in he's over. 
I, my, this may be a hot take. I love the hallway scene. That was an incredible fight scene. Maybe one of my favorite in the MCU. I was not a fan of No Sleep Till Brooklyn for the song for that. Oh, that, I kind of like that. that. But then again, like no one's from Brooklyn, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I I liked it. Like it got me hyped, but I, I, I see how it's not very fitting, I guess. Yeah, I, I liked it though. Don't you feel like it would have like bringing Peter Quill back to like what he loves, like a, like a hard hitting like 70s or 80s rock song would have been like yeah. perfect for that. Yeah, I think it was a little try hardy. It reminded me of when they used ACDC and um, Ride and Rock. No, they used Zeppelin. Oh, Ride Zeppelin. Sorry. Oh, you got it on. You, ju- um, you just you just pulled the Spider Man. He does that in Far From Home. Oh. <laughs> or they play ACDC. He's like, I love Led Zeppelin. Oh. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, it's just like it kind of did feel a little thrown in there. Like, okay, they want us to be like, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like that was like a an intense like pump up scene and like no sleep to Brooklyn kind of has like a lot of space in it, you know, where I would rather like there to be like something like driving, you know, they should put enter Sandman, even though it's not a seventies or eighties song. That would have all honestly been great. That would have been sick. But, um, yeah, the dog days are over, man. Dog days are done. When Drax was tearing up when Mantis was leaving, oh god, don't get me yeah. started. That almost had. I'm too. glad that that relationship did not become romantic. Oh, thank God! Yeah, thank no, god. it didn't need to be. I like that they're thank just besties. God. Last, very last thing before we get to the report card. I'm interested to hear what you thought of when Groot just like spoke normally. <laughs> that was weird. I didn't really like that. I kind of hated it. Oh, I love <laughs> you guys. That was weird. I didn't like that at all. Do you think it's meant to be interpreted as like, oh, the audience is finally like how the guard, rest of the Guardians can understand what he's saying? Like the audience is finally like understanding Groot's language. Oh, I'd like that better. That's what I we were talking about after the movie, and uh, Enrique, our friend Enrique, was like, I think that's what it means. I was like, I I like that now. I, like I, that I hated it two seconds ago. Yeah. Oh, I like that much better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like that much better. Yeah, I didn't like that. If that's him just speaking though. Yeah. Like, then just speak, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Why have we been playing, the, doing this song and dance the whole time? <laughs> All right. Report, report card, card time. Let's so, the report card is something Jake and I use. Oh, it's loading. Sorry. I almost forgot about it coming into the episode. Um, the report card is something Jake and I use to rank movies. And pretty much, we. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, we rank movies out of six categories and then we do a little magic. We do one out of 10 for each category and then we do a little magic to give it a rating, a rating out of a hundred percent magic being math. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, so the, the six categories are pacing, visuals, acting, music, story, and heart. Um, so we're going to go through all three, all of those, all three, all six of those for, <laughs> for guardians. Um, so Jake, how about you start pacing? Um, pacing is a tricky one. Like I recognize that it was a little long, maybe could have been a teeny bit shorter. And I feel like I felt that during the movie, but I also was really enjoying my time the whole time and was not wanting it to end, which is kind of like the barometer. I feel like you use with pacing where you're always like, I didn't want it to end. Um, I'll give it an eight. 
Oh, you stole mine. Um, I'm going to give it an eight as well. Um, I feel like, yeah, it was a little long, definitely a little overstuffed. I do feel like each character got, each of the characters I really cared about got their moments. But um, yeah, it was it was long. Um, but like you said, Jake, there were, I feel like the pacing went where there was action throughout. throughout. Um, a lot of good, um, like a, a lot of moments throughout that kept you, there was action throughout and then there were, the breaks were heartfelt moments that you made you invest in the movie. So yeah, I think it's a, a fair, a fair choice. It wasn't like amazing pacing, um, but I think it did well with all it had to tackle. Yeah. Visuals is next. Um, like I said earlier, CGI was pretty, pretty freaking good in this movie. Um, I feel like maybe the only thing that was a little wonky was maybe some of the animals, like the big, uh, pig, lady um but i love that they used uh a lot of actual practical effects in addition to cgi like in, on counter earth where all the animal people were actually in makeup which i believe i read somewhere that this movie broke a record for like the most people in prosthetics or something like that oh, wow. uh, which is pretty cool um yeah overall i feel like there were some really beautiful scenes in it i'm gonna give it like a 8.8 I'm gonna give it higher than that. I think. Yeah, I thought I thought the CGI was really good. This wasn't one of the Marvel movies that you're like, wow, they really skimped on the CGI budget, uh, which some of them, as we know, have have been recently. Um, I feel like a lot, all of the you're engrossed in all of the worlds that they travel to. I like the I like the color coordination of when they're doing the heist, and I forget the corporation center, um, Orgo Corp. Orgo Corp. There's just the right amount of people who they do a good job of like incorporating a ton of different alien species throughout the movie too. Yeah. Um, I thought the visuals were really good. I thought they, I, I like the color aesthetic of this movie. Um, I actually, it's funny cause I feel like a lot of Marvel has copied the aesthetic of guardian. So it's become a little bit less unique now. Cause like a lot of the movies are like, Oh, look at this cra- crazy cookie fun, fun adventure in space or in the quantum realm. Um, so a lot, it's it's not as unique, but if if you take those movies out of the equation, it's still the Guardians is the one who started this aesthetic, and I I like it. I still like it a lot. I think it was really well executed. So I will go high. I'll go a nine point two. That's fair. I, I actually feel like a lot of the settings were really. I won't go back on mine, um, but I do feel like uh, a lot of the settings were really cool, especially the lab. We didn't really talk about it, but the lab was uh, one of my favorite parts of the movie. All right, what's next? Oh, acting. Sorry. <laughs> uh, acting, I'm going to get pretty high. Um, I feel like all the all the jokes pretty much hit, and maybe with the exception of like one or two. Um, I again, we've, I felt emotional enough to want to cry from a CGI raccoon. Uh, Bradley Cooper's voice work is like amazing for Rocket and the rest of the Guardians as well. Just incredible job. Um, I'm going to give it like. A 9.4. Okay. I like that. Um, yeah, I thought the acting was great. Dave Bautista is great. Uh, Chris Pratt is great. Bradley Cooper is great. Vin Diesel, he says, I am Groot. Um, and Gamora, Zoe Saldana, is always really great. Obviously, this isn't her, her best. Her best is going to be Infinity War, but that's just because of the writing and where she fits into the story. Um, and who else? Who else am I missing? 
Oh, the High Evolutionary was great too. Oh, and yeah. Nebula was great too. I don't know Nebula's actress's name. I forget it. And Mantis was great too. They were all good. I'll give it a nine point five. Yeah. <laughs> and the scene where Peter freaks out with Rocket was great. I thought that was really good acting. Yeah, Chris Pratt was really good in this movie. And the elevator scene that we talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah. Music um, is the next category. Wait, you know who was re- who was really good acting? Uh, Nathan Fillion in the in the lab. He was the guy who was just like, "Oh, you got an idiot on your team. I got one of those too." Oh yeah. <laughs> you know who was good too? When uh, I guess this isn't necessarily just acting, but a f- another funny scene was when Mantis makes the guy in love with Drax. It was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that was really a destroyer. <laughs> uh, next category. Uh, music is the next category. Music. All right. Um, I feel like, all right. So we, we already covered like the soundtrack, the score. I also feel like it was very solid, especially in the flashbacks and like in the emotional scenes, like the score was really moving. Um, that main Guardians theme, I feel like I didn't get a lot of that's in the first and second movie, which is like once you hear that, I feel like we become accustomed to be like, oh, that's the Guardians theme. But I'm not going to knock fair, it because though. of that. Uh, I'll knock it like a teeny bit, but overall, uh, James Gunn knows how to pick a soundtrack. Like every time I watch one of his movies, I get hooked on new songs that I haven't heard before um, and they're on repeat for me. And I think it's Tyler Bates is the composer for the score, and he's fantastic. He did the Mario movie, which is if you haven't seen that, go see it. Um, so I'm going to give it a nine point five. All right, I, I I agree with everything you said. I think this the music was really good. The score was good. The, uh, like we said, the soundtrack was not as good as the other Guardians, but the other Guardians movies are spectacular. Um, there would be like a nine point eight or a nine point nine. This one is probably about a nine point. Oh, you know what? I'll agree with you, Jake. Nine point five. I was gonna give it a nine point four, but that makes me sound like a contrarian. Next <laughs> um, is story. Story. I think we've hit on this a bunch of times this episode. I think it was the perfect way to to end it. And I, I loved the way James Gunn explained it. That it's like about the self reconciling. They've all reconciled with their inner demons and have moved on properly. Um, I think the high evolutionary was great. Um, it was all really compelling. Um, you know, again, you, he knows how to make weird stuff and like outcasts and like things that are just very, would be very campy. Something that's very moving. Um, uh, the only thing that I'll like kind of knock it, I, I guess you can factor this into the script is I think at certain points it went a little, a smidge overboard on like the, like you know the recoil of like the gruesomeness of some of the animals and like when they're all all the all of them are invading nowhere and there's just like these cyborg like monsters i was like it's getting a little much but yeah that was like the only point for me where i was just like all right this didn't really need this moment i think they did it just to give craglin and cosmo a moment which i actually loved but um yeah so i'll say like a 9.2 yeah, I would I would agree with all the things you said. I don't think the story was what stood out the most about the movie. I think I think it was a really good ending, which is hard to do. So I'll give it credit for that for sure. Um, I think the the character moments, which fall a little bit more in the next category, um, was really the the strong point of the movie. Um, I like that they didn't try to tie it too much into other Marvel products, or thank God they didn't oh, yeah. try to tie it into the multiverse. Oh, I would have 
thrown up. <laughs> um, but I think th- I think the story was really good. It, like I said, I don't think it's like the strongest part of the movie. Um, yeah, there were some moments where it's like, okay, I don't know if that was necessary. But I do like that it was about the fam and it wasn't about like the whole universe. They were yeah. still guarding the galaxy, but it was more about the family. Um, I'll give it a nine. And the last a, category. What? I'm going to write a letter to Marvel saying that you specifically want a multiverse Star-Lord movie. Oh my God, I will. Oh, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> ugh. Um, <laughs> next is Heart. Um, all right. This is easily going to get like... I kind of want to give it a 10, you know? Um, and I think I will. <laughs> I, could, I could, I could, I might, and I probably will. Uh, I think it's, yeah, it's definitely getting a 10. Like you said, it's so hard to end a trilogy well. And I came out of this movie loving the Guardians more, quite possibly more than I ever have in the past. Um, I just like, it, it made me like fall, re-fall in love with every single character again, even if I hadn't fall, fallen out of love with them. And I think that speaks a lot um, to the work that was done. You know, let's score it. I'll give it a 10 too. Um, yeah, you can tell James Gunn like really knows these characters, loves these characters. All of these actors love their own character and also have great chemistry with the other actors on screen. I thought the relationships within the group were great. I thought each of the characters' story arcs worked really well as we discussed throughout this whole podcast. And it was really emotional. And the only thing that was maybe missing is a character death, but I don't even know that it would have, I almost feel like they all got better endings without it. So I think it, it kind of did homage to the characters more without having once sacrificed themselves. We had that in the last movie. We've all seen it before. Um, I was happy with all of their endings and you can tell everyone working on this movie really cared about it. Um, From director to the music to the visuals to the costume design to the actors. Yep. Totally agree. Wow. Two tens again. Yeah. Look at that. All right. So with that, the score is drum roll. 92%. That's valid. That's valid. That's very valid. That's very valid. Oh man. I'm going to miss the guardians. Same. Yeah, Quill doesn't come back. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Are I think, you, Jake, are, we need to start a podcast of us just singing, though, I think. Oh, I th- definitely. <laughs> come get your love. <laughs> so, are you... I know, like, I'm, like, obviously a huge fan of, of James Gunn, and you, like, like him and stuff, but, like, are you now more excited for DC now that he's at the helm? I'm excited, but I'm still confused, is what I'll say. I don't okay. know how... Like, Suicide Squad, I loved... Or, The Suicide Squad, I loved it. But I'm still confused about it. Like, where does it fit in? Like, I, I don't really get where it's going. I'm mm. very excited to see Flash. I think it has to be the best Me movie too. ever. Because <laughs> Ezra Miller literally is off the wagon, and they're still releasing it. Yeah, um, I've heard nothing but great things about it. Um, really want to see it. I wonder, I wonder, because you know the time travel is a tough one to 
time travel the multiverse is a tough one to to nail. I don't think they're gonna keep Ezra Miller as a Flash though, even if I don't they think make so a either. yeah. But they can't. Um, but I don't know. I'm not. I'm excited for. I'm definitely excited for the future of DC. It sounds like from a lot of the products they're using, it's all like it's all going to be Guardians type, where like you never heard of them before, but they're going to be a big deal, um, which I'm yeah. interested to see because I don't. Again, I don't care about them currently. Um, mm. And when it comes to the Flash, I'm like, I don't really care that much about any of the characters in it. Really, you don't? I thought you liked Michael Keaton Batman. I saw one of his movies. <laughs> You didn't see Batman Returns yet? I don't think so. No. Uh, with Danny DeVito as Penguin? Oh, my God. I Great like movie. him, but I'm not super invested in him. And you know I hate old movies. Ugh. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> literally, Star Wars is your favorite franchise. <laughs> I know. I know. That's different. That's different. Yeah. I think only time will tell. Um, it's definitely going to be very interesting. But not, no comic book project that I've seen from James Gunn has been bad. I've, I've loved everything he's done with comic book movies. Uh, even Peacemaker, the show, I think is a fantastic show. So, High Hopes and Scooby-Doo. Oh, my God. He wrote the, he wrote live-action Scooby-Doo. No. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. I can't wait. <laughs> now I can't wait for DC. Please put Scrappy-Doo in it. Please. I would love that. <laughs> but anyway, um, going to miss the Guardians a lot. And... Uh, Join the heist. Join the heist. Thank you.